What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future passion. Explore paths to careers that will excite and motivate you. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu to find out how to connect to your future. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant in the newsroom. I mean, Reen. A second attempt to restart the Palisades nuclear power plant in Van Buren County is being made. Holtec International last week applied to the U.S. Department of Energy for funds to do so through DOE's loan office. It previously sought a grant through the department's civil nuclear credit program but was denied. Holtec's Patrick O'Brien tells us the support from the state and local governments prompted Holtec to try again. I don't think we'd be going down this path if we didn't think it was able to be accomplished. Uh, that's something we look forward to uh, to working through. You know, understanding that should we get the approvals and, and go through everything, there'd be a period of time, obviously, where we'd work to bring updates to the plan. O'Brien says restarting Palisades would be a large undertaking, but it can be done. North of a billion dollars would be a number that would be safe to say. For restarting the plant, obviously you have fuel costs, you have deferred maintenance, things along those lines you'll have to bring the plant back up to speed. Holtec's efforts to restart Palisades have the backing of Van Buren County and Governor Gretchen Whitmer. O'Brien says keeping the plant operational would provide the region with emission-free power while supporting hundreds of jobs. Holtec expects to hear a response from the Department of Energy in a few months. In the meantime, the Palisades decommissioning continues. One of the last remaining business owners at Orchards Mall says he's permanently calling it quits at that location. Back in December, Dr. Z's Mattress Center announced a temporary closure after a burst water pipe ran for hours before anyone noticed and shut it off. Two months later, Dr. Z's owner, Norbert Zimfer, says an adequate cleanup never took place. He's afraid of mold contamination in the walls and to even consider reopening. He says the whole mall area would require extensive remodeling. Zimfer says there was too much damage to his store's inventory and reputation, so he's talking to the owner, Durga Property Holdings, about a payoff for the remaining six-year lease term. A representative for Durga Properties was contacted but wouldn't comment at the time. With Dr. Z's permanent closure, that leaves the post office, a boxing club, and a furniture store as the only remaining tenants earlier this month. We heard Berrien County Commissioner Chokwe Pitchford told colleagues he's exploring avenues to see the mall torn down. As a start, he's working to get an inspection of the building scheduled. Part of Lions Park Drive in South State Street in St. Joseph will be resurfaced this year. City commissioners on Monday heard from city engineer Tim Z. Bell, who told them Lions Park Drive from Elm Street to the entrance of Lions Park as well as South State Street from Main Street to Winchester Avenue will be milled and resurfaced. The progress calls for this work to be completed in the off-season. So that's either between April 3rd and May 26th, or between September 11th has to be done by November 10th. Once they start work, there's another stipulation that they have to be done within 15 days, so they can't string it out over that entire time. The city went with a lower of two bidders with a bid that came in about 30% below the expected cost. The work will cost $146,000. The work is not expected to interfere with the busy summer season. Commissioners last night approved the project. Municipalities across southwest Michigan are about to see green thanks to selling green. More than $3.5 million is headed to communities in Barry and Cass and Van Buren counties. As the Michigan Department of Treasury announced, it will be distributing $59.5 million to 224 municipalities and counties around Michigan with a licensed cannabis retailer store, as well as micro-businesses associated within its jurisdiction. 
Each business will earn the local governments nearly $52,000. With our three southwest Michigan counties, there are 34 marijuana retailers, which adds up to nearly $1.8 million for individual communities. The county government also gets paid for each business, which adds up to the $3.5 million total. To see the full breakdown of which community gets how much, you can look for the story at our website. Also, stay tuned in the coming days and weeks for how communities are going to spend all that money. Michigan Works is inviting young people to sign up for its Young Professionals program so they can learn job skills while being paid. Connexus Marketing Officer Mary Morphy tells us Young Professionals is for those between the age of 14 and 24 not currently in school. The biggest focus on the Young Professionals grant dollars to support the youth is work experiences. So we match up an individual with an employer in the community in a high-demand industry, and we help them get that experience and earn money while they're doing that. Morphy says Michigan Works helps enrollees acquire the transportation, housing, food, and work attire they need while they work and learn new skills. So it's a win-win. Employers in southwest Michigan are getting work-ready talent. They go through a series of activities and workshops prior to their work experience. The Young Professionals Program is supported with a $215,000 grant from the state. Morphy says it's an 18-week course that could lead to long-term employment. The deadline to sign up is April 1st, and they can take... 100 applicants. We have a link to the registration page at our website. Legislation from Congressman Tim Wahlberg seeks to prevent the White House from closing down oil pipelines without the authorization of Congress. Wahlberg introduced his Protecting International Pipelines for Energy Security, or PIPES Act, as an amendment to a broader bill today. He told the Energy Subcommittee the PIPES Act would prohibit the president from revoking authorization for construction or maintenance of a pipeline. Our energy and national security should not be subject to the whims of the executive branch. We saw the consequences of this in 2021 when President Biden unilaterally revoked a permit for the Keystone XL pipeline, halting the $9 billion project that was meant to carry 830,000 barrels per day of crude oil from Canada to the United States. Wahlberg said shutting down pipelines isn't really about protecting the environment because the oil pumped through pipelines would still enter the country just via a different method. The committee approved his amendment today. The Southwest Michigan real estate market has finally run out of steam. A report from the Southwestern Michigan Association of Realtors shows January of 2023 closed with a 28% drop in sales from January of 2022. From its last peak in January of 2021 to January of this year, the market stepped back 44%. The association says inventory did tick up in January to 639 homes from 514 in January of last year, but that's still considered very low. The average selling price declined to $299,000 from $301,000 in January of last year, less than a 1% change. There were three bank-owned or foreclosed homes as a percentage of all the transactions in January, or about 2% of the closed transactions. The highest ever percentage in January was 57% back in 2009. The Realtors Association says January is usually the least productive month of any given year. And the new We the Parents run Brandywine School Board in Niles has recently come under some fire from an organized group of of parents, teachers, and taxpayers opposed to what they see as a political agenda. After two meetings that lasted nearly three hours this year, Monday's meeting ended shortly. After it started, when the board failed to pass its meeting agenda, with two members absent and two voting against the approval of the agenda, a 3-2 to two vote meant the agenda was not approved. 
When Board President Thomas Payne tried to advance the meeting, Superintendent Travis Walker stepped in. Motion carried. The agenda is approved. Excuse me, Mr. Payne. We have to have a quorum to pass a motion. No, what we have a quorum. As long as we have a quorum, majority majority votes wins. To take any kind of action, you have to have a quorum present. So five people allows this to go as an action item. But the bylaws state that you have to have a quorum vote, meaning that you have to have four of the elected officials vote yes to pass a motion. Two incumbent board members voted against approving the agenda after a discrepancy over moving a March board meeting to during a spring break. You can find out more with our story at WSJM.com. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. A group of Republican-led states are at the Supreme Court today arguing President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan is unconstitutional. The student debt of millions of Americans is on the line. ABC's Ike Ejiochi has more from Washington. On the Senate floor, South Dakota Senator John Thune is blasting President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan, saying it's encouraging more students to finance college by borrowing and that it does nothing to solve larger issues. The president's student loan giveaway will do nothing, nothing to address the root of the problem, and that is soaring college costs. In fact, it's likely to make things worse. Ike Ajachi, ABC News, Washington. After nearly three years, the federal government is ending pandemic-era payments on March 1st for low-income families on the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP. For the average family that relied on those benefits, they'll lose $95 a month, while others could lose up to $250. ABC's Karen Travers asked the White House about this and the latest. The White House tells me it has no executive actions to announce from President Biden to address the impact on the millions of Americans who have relied on the expanded SNAP benefits. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre on Monday. USDA is going to continue to do what they can uh, to deal with a real issue, to deal with child poverty, to deal with the issue that millions of Americans across the country uh, have to worry about feeding their children. SNAP benefits have been adjusted to keep pace with inflation, increased by an average of $26 a month per person, according to the Department of Agriculture. That means when the expanded SNAP benefits expire and families go back to their pre-pandemic normal benefit level, their normal benefit will be higher than the amount they were receiving before COVID hit. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. Drones that the Kremlin said were launched by Ukraine flew deep inside of Russian territory, including one that got within 100 kilometers of Moscow. The activity signaled breaches in Russian defenses as President Vladimir Putin ordered stepped-up protection at the border. Officials said the drones caused no injuries and did not inflict any significant damage, but the attacks on Monday and Tuesday morning raised questions about Russian defense capabilities more than a year after the country's full-scale invasion of its neighbor. Moscow blamed Kyiv for the assaults. Ukrainian officials did not immediately claim responsibility. The Dominion voting system lawsuit is alleging that Fox News put ratings and money above the facts, helping to spread President Donald Trump's false claims about the election, as the network's top anchors and executives even knew the truth. ABC's Jonathan Carl is more. The billion-dollar lawsuit by Dominion Voting Systems alleges Fox spread lies out of fear the truth would hurt ratings. 
giving a big megaphone to Trump lawyers Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell, who were claiming without evidence that Dominion voting machines were being manipulated by shadowy foreign entities. Recent court filings show top Fox hosts privately trashed the Trump legal team for lying. As Tucker Carlson texted Laura Ingram, Sidney Powell is lying. It's insane. Ingram responded, Sidney is a complete nut. No one will work with her. Ditto with Rudy. California's drought has not been wiped out by all the recent rain and snow they've been having, but it has been helping the situation as we hear from ABC's Alex Stone in Los Angeles. California's statewide rain and snowfall is at 131% of average. That is helping reservoirs rise. Some are nearly full or at levels not seen in many years, but it's not enough to fix the many dry years of the region's largest reservoirs. Janine Jones with the California Department of Water Resources. One wet year will not come anywhere near refilling all of that groundwater storage that's been lost. And because this is only one year of a wet winter, water conservation efforts will remain in place for now with the hope that more wet years will come. Alex Stone, ABC News, Los Angeles. With more lunar missions than ever on the horizon, the European Space Agency wants to give the moon its own time zone. This week, the agency said space organizations around the world are considering how best to keep time on the moon. The idea came up during a meeting in the Netherlands late last year, with participants agreeing on the urgent need to establish a common lunar reference time. For now, a moon mission runs on the time of the country that's operating the spacecraft. European states, space officials say an internationally accepted lunar time zone would make it easier for everyone, especially astronauts working there one day. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast. 